Welcome to the WMKT Week in Review. Good morning, Northern Michigan. Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review. You're listening to 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. I am Nick Rudy, your host. Thanks for joining me. I know it is early, but the news cycle never stops, and we got to review all the most important stories from the week before, so we need to get right into that. You know, I guess before we get into these stories, letting you behind the curtain here at WMKT, you know, if you're um, if you're writing to us, the um, the person you're likely talking to is me, and so I've we've heard your um outpouring of not support for the show that replaced Ken Matthews um, from three to six, that being the, uh, the Todd Starn show. And again, not a very uh, well-received uh, replacement for the time being, but, um, you know, and just to recap in case you um, weren't a listener during the af- afternoon for your, because you're working or whatever, um, Ken Matthews was let go by his network, not by ours. Um, again, we made a post about this actually on Facebook and um, other social media on Twitter um, and released through our Google profile that Ken was released through his um, network um, because he read Hunter Biden's tweets and he was cursing before and during and after that situation. So um, they left the mic on um, and never went to break. Uh, the brakes never fired. So, he was like, oh, there's kind of a zero tolerance policy um, as far as networks go. Uh, he was extraordinarily popular with our audience here at WMKT. Yeah. And um, we've actually reached out to him uh, over the past couple of months, seeing if we could arrange for him to continue doing a show um, that would be carried on our channel. But uh, there seems to be a lack of interest at this time. However, we're moving on to bigger, better things. And while we're actually not going to officially announce them today, it is going to be very, very soon. We're going to have two different shows replacing that time slot. So we are really excited about this moving forward, and we're going to make that announcement here in the upcoming weeks. And that will do it for our transparency for the uh, the station here. Not a whole lot of other news, but that's the uh, the most important stuff going on at WMKT as far as uh, stuff that's going on uh, that's you know fairly important. All right, so our first story: Ty Garbin, a member of the group who tried to plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, but testified against the others, wants his sentence reduced. So Garbin cooperated with authorities since his arrest in 2020. He pled guilty and testified in two other court cases, one of which ended in an acquittal, and the other that ended in the conviction of Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. Garbin has requested four years be cut from his six-and-a-half-year sentence, while prosecutors are recommending three. U.S. District Judge Robert Jonker will be making the final decision um, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Headlines read that he wants to be let free because he has only about four years left in his sentence anyway, because he has, you know, time served and he's obviously been in prison since 2020. Um, so he's served two of his six and a half years, regardless. He wants four years. So he basically wants to be let go. Um, you know, 
wiping away the rest of his sentence. The prosecutors in his case want uh, three to keep him in prison for about another year. Uh, Garbin would be would be and has been getting a lot of good deals um, since you know fellow convicted members of his group are facing life in prison. So, you know, he was sentenced only to six and a half years taking a plea deal and then probably promising to testify in the other two cases. And then uh, after they, um, the prosecutors were able to secure a conviction eventually in the second trial of Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. With that success partially due to Ty Garbin's uh, testimony he kind of wants a little bit of a reward. So, you know, these people convicted of the exact same crimes and they, you know, within reason, uh, obviously they, he pled down, I'm sure, but, you know, taking part of the same plot, but through cooperation, you know, may only see two years in jail instead of up to life in prison. Now, granted, those other two members, um, they're trying to get a retrial. And on top of that, you know, it's unlikely that they're going to get, you know, life in prison. It might be a harsh penalty, but, you know, probably not life in prison. The fight over Line 5 marches on with more debate this past Thursday. The U.S. Army Corps held the second of three hearings that showcased a range of opinions from the public. The meeting was heated and packed with over 500 people in attendance and ran two hours late. The final hearing is scheduled for October 6th. The case is interesting Especially this last public comment, as well as case, does, does largely break on party lines. It's not always the case. You know, Republicans in favor of the pipeline, Democrats not in favor of it. You know, but again, that's not always the case, as we saw in this public comment, interestingly. Um, the, a labor's, uh, labor's, it's called the Laborers International Union of North America. Uh, they're strong proponents of this pipeline, even though, you know, labor unions tend to lean left. Um because they say it's going to create a lot of good paying jobs. They said, quote, we have the opportunity to hear we have the opportunity here to grow and be a major player, but we need the infrastructure to do that. We need power and we need to be beyond the capacity of what we need. But then there's other liberal advocate groups, tribal leadership. They took other approaches. One tribal person said, quote, line five is not about Enbridge. It's not about jobs. It's not about profit. It's about the continued existence of my people here in the state of Michigan, seeming to claim that tribal people would be erased if the pipeline was to move forward. So definitely di different tactics, even by people on the same side of the aisle. Another concerned citizen said, quote, they could be replacing every lead-lined water pipe in Michigan that's poisoning our children and our communities. They could be investing in renewable energy, creating jobs in solar and wind. They could be doing anything with their billions of dollars, but they're making us believe this lie that we have to choose between jobs and our future, end of the quote. California has seen similar approaches taken in terms of proposed green energy with wind and solar, and they are now facing energy crises as their solar capacity shrinks during the evening, which is the height of when you need the power. Uh, something that would devastate Michigan when the sun is gone, largely for most of the winter months. All right, we're going to take a quick break before we get back into some more of the most important news stories from the week. You're listening to the WMKT Week in Review on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Dan Bongino. The last two years of Biden's term, you just keep sending stuff to his desk. Tax cuts, regulatory reform, school choice, 
permitting reform, spending reform, entitlement reform, get rid of CRT, just keep making them deny. Make Joe Biden the obstructionist Obama painted the Republican Congress as when the Republican Congress took over for him. They, they paint Biden as the obstructionist. The Dan Bongino Show, weekdays at noon on Triple Talk WMKT. Hi, this is Peter Garber from Triple Talk, 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT. If you're listening to this radio station, you love news and politics just as much as I do. And that's exactly what we're looking for in the next team member of our WMKT sales department. As an advertising consultant with WMKT, you'll work with local business owners right here in Petoskey, Charlevoix, and Traverse City, creating advertising campaigns that turn our listeners into their customers. The job is fun and fast-paced. You won't be stuck behind a desk. And not only do you get to listen to WMKT all day, you get to talk about it too. Compensation includes a base and commissions with health insurance and matching retirement plans available after you start. If you're interested in this position, please call us today at our Petoskey office, 231-347-8713 and ask for TAD. That's 231-347-8713. Ask for our general manager, Tad Garber. Thank you for your support of local radio and of Triple Talk WMKT. McDonald Garber Broadcasting is an equal opportunity employer. And we are back with a WMKT Week in Review. You're listening to 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM. Triple Talk WMKT. I'm Nick Rudy, your host. We're back to give you more of the important news stories from the past week. Man, this one is a very upsetting story from Traverse City. Traverse City Police Department is investigating an attack of a 13-year-old girl during Friday night's football game. The middle school girl was allegedly attacked by two female students, one who attends East Middle School and the second who attends Central High School. Police Captain James Bussell said there were several witnesses who could have stopped the attack, but no one stepped in. However, there were several cell phone videos to help the investigation. So obviously what this police chief said was there was plenty of people around and there was a lot of video, obviously. Um, And so... The frustrating part, I think, from a citizen's perspective is that no one stepped in, obviously. And hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can say anything about, you know, a situation that you were not particularly a part of. You know, they usually call that armchair quarterbacking, um, or at least, you know, all those boomers do. Um, but it's pretty clear that, you know, again, these were three girls ages ranging likely from 13 to no more than 15 beating up you know well you know three girls two of them beating up a 13 year old girl you know i understand not stepping into a situation uh when it's you know six foot four 250 pound men you know having a knife battle with machetes um you're gonna get hurt you know if you try to break that up um but these are young teenage girls and if you are anything of you know anyone a a high school girl um or a boy 13 and up or anything of that nature um you know any adult in that situation or older high school student um you can step in and separate them these are not you know people who are particularly known at that age and time for their raw power and strength. 
Uh, so this is a situation that was easily, easily avoidable, easily able to be broken up. And people just stared and watched and videotaped. And I think it's a very, very um, good example of where our society's heading, that no one, one, wants to help each other. And two, the, uh, the desire to have 15 minutes of fame or to record everything because police may be involved. Um, you know, your first instinct should not be taking your phone out. Your first instinct should be helping people. And this is a prime example. And again, like I said, anyone could have broken this fight up, you know, that was above the age of 15, because again, these are children and if they obviously, okay, you know, you could, you're reading into the report, Nick, that, you know, there were people around. Um, it doesn't specify how old they were or anything of that nature. Um, if they were adults, you know, that that's fair, but it's statistically probable that there were adults at this football game that were hearing or seeing this going on and, you know, no one stepped in. And actually this could be, you know, if you're just standing there and watching, you actually could be criminally liable for the girl who was attacked for injuries because, um, there are laws on the book that say, you know, the, the good Samaritan laws, one protecting you if you help, someone and they get injured during the process. So if you go and pull someone out of a burning car and, um, you know, you, you break their arm in the process or whatever, you're covered from liability because you're obviously trying to do good. But there's also laws that if you're not actively helping and stopping a bad situation that you can stop, you can be crim held criminally liable. Again, like I gave the example, if it's, you know, these big bruising men and, you know, they're attacking each other with weapons the law is not going to prosecute you for that. But these are young girls that anyone could have broken the fight up. And we just live in a very self-centered world, which is very sad, especially here in northern Michigan, where, you know, we're well known for, you know, community uh, or, you know, traditional values, family values and um, helping each other. And it's just not bode well for society when, uh, you know, a dozen people just whip their phones out instead of helping stop a very dangerous situation for a young girl. Um, you know, this is not a northern Michigan thing, but I feel like this should be spoken on um, as well because this ties directly into this. There was a case down in Boulevard, Texas. It starts with a B. Um, down in Texas, West Texas, of a much larger kid beating the snot out of a younger kid, smacked his head into the wall, and then the kid grabs his neck, so his he might have sustained a very serious neck injury, was punched as he was going down to the ground, and then was um, the kid walked around him, picked up his backpack, and then, you know, the attacker, and then then uh, drop kicked the guy on his in his face. Um, and this kid, you know, that was on the receiving end, doesn't look like he had been any more than 12 years old. And the other kid looked like he was probably 15, 16. Um, just horrible and horrible. And there was a group. Now, it was kids. It was their peers that were recording this. There was obviously a little bit, you know, more understandable why they necessarily didn't step in. Although these people were egging the attacker on. Again, devastating for, you know, societal ties um, what this means, you know, from a broader societal point. Um, but however, from a criminal justice point, you know, that story, that, that attacker was in juvie. 
for fighting just a month before and not only was let out, but was also allowed back into the school with younger kids around. Um, so just not a, our criminal justice system is suffering from a lot of bad ideology in it right now and um, just not doing a good job in protecting the public. The criminal justice system is not protecting the public. The public is not protecting itself when a situation that is easily avoidable and able to be averted, um, you know, occurs, they don't step in. So, you know, we really do need to take a deep look in the mirror to understand, you know, what is going on um, with us as adults not stepping in, but also with our children, why we would nearly beat, you know, a, a young kid to death in a school. And the, from the criminal justice perspective, why we're letting these savage individuals back into our society and then again into our schools. You know, I'll I'll skip to this next story. Um, it doesn't tie directly with this previous story, but a little bit. Uh, Michigan received uh, the rank of 42nd out of 50 states by Human Rights Watch regarding children protection rights. The state received an F for child marriage, a D for corporal punishment, a C for child labor, and another F for juvenile justice. Good enough for an overall F rating. Right now, there is no age limit to getting married in the state of Michigan, with about two to 300 minors getting married in the state every year. Now, granted, many of those marriages are 16 to 17-year-olds, but still, this group is advocating for 18 being the cutoff line for getting married. Again, you know, if you're a minor here in the state of Michigan, you need parental permission. Um, you know, I don't do a whole lot of opinion on the show. Um, you know, I guess you can have potentially a um, an argument for, you know, younger children getting married. Um, but I do think that there's, there is comfort and there is clarity when you have a hard black and white line when you make a rule. So whether it be 17, whether it be 18, whether it be 21 for all these laws, you know, drinking, voting, um, you know, I think that's really important. You know, and I guess that brings up another point, too, because we do have hard lines for these things. Voting, for drinking, for, um, you know, now purchasing medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. Um, you know, there's an age for going off to war. Uh, aside from war, marriage is probably the most significant of those commitments that you can make because it's lifelong. Now, granted, you know, alcohol is a chemical uh, you know, marijuana is a chemical, um, but, you know, marriage is a pretty significant um, cutoff. So if we're having a very hard line for when we can vote, for when we can drink, I think that making a decision of that nature um, should probably have a firmer line. Now, if you want to argue what age that is, I think that's, you know, you can you know, freedom of speech here in America, uh, I think that's a, a completely, you're free to do so. However, I think there needs to be a line in the sand where it doesn't matter if it's parental permission or whatnot. You just are allowed to be married at 17, 18, 19, you know, whatever. Um, so instead of having a bit of more ambiguous law that, um, you know, may raise some problems and has, you know, raised some problems, quite frankly. Uh, back to this, uh, this, voting grade 
Um, interestingly, no states received grades A or B may call into question whether or not some people are like, well, that's because America, you know, isn't doing super well with, uh, you know, child protection rights. Or maybe you can also argue that the, the standard is a bit too high. The, uh, the bar is too high from uh, human rights watch, but regardless, and only states received only four states received a grade of C, uh, who were New Jersey, Iowa, Ohio and Minnesota. Those states are split two and two between uh, Republican and Democrat leaning states. Um, although most interesting to me, at least uh, three of those four states are Midwestern states. Uh, the only states that ranked lower than Michigan were Indiana, Georgia, Tennessee, Wyoming, Washington, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and West Virginia. Again, a pretty good spread of North, South, you know, East, West, uh, red and blue states. Michigan is one of only eight states ranging from California to Mississippi that has no minimum age for marriage. Uh, Michigan is like half, 25 other states who have banned corporal punishment in schools, but has no law regarding corporal punishment in private schools. 20 other states allow it in, 23 other states allow corporal punishment in both public and private schools, and only Iowa and New Jersey have banned it from both private and public schools. The final interesting note is about the section on criminal justice referring to how young minors can be tried as adults this kind of again plays into that story that's how i try to transition into this story um it's very divided this criminal justice with minors uh is very divided across the country um many states have different laws on the matter however michigan joins the second largest state group that sets the minimum age to be allowed to be tried as an adult under certain circumstances at 14. And now that we have all of that fantastic information passed on to you, we here are going to take a break and we'll be right back with the WMKT Week in Review on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT. This is what's going to take down Donald Trump, the guy who survived all of these other things. Mm. Unlawful storage is Mm. the thing. That's what they want us to believe today. Well, that's the way we took Al Capone down. Unlawful storage? No, well, tax evasion. We we couldn't get him on the other things, you know. This is insane. The difference is, is that Al Capone actually was killing people. Right. Donald Trump hasn't done anything. Right. You just don't like him. The Glenn Beck Program. On WMKT. At a time when misinformation is all too common on social media, we take great pride in bringing you the news that matters, that impacts your family, news you can trust. Local broadcast journalists bring you the facts, covering the stories breaking in our community and across the globe. Text RADIO to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on local journalism. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. You might listen to the radio by yourself, but you're certainly not alone. Together, radio stations like this one reach more than 90% of Americans every single week. Six times more than Sirius XM, five times more than Pandora, and four times more than Spotify. Whether you want news or sports talk, top 40 or country, local AM FM radio is always there, 24-7, 365, 100% free. Thank you for making AM FM radio a part of your week. Message furnished by this station.
Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT. Got a exciting news story for a local Pop Warner program. Congratulations to Lake City's Pop Warner and cheerleading squad. They are they've been selected to attend a Detroit Lions game on October 2nd. And all three teams will be playing and cheering on Ford Field immediately after the Lions game. We here at McDonald Garber Broadcasting have a great relationship with Lake City Schools as our sister station. The the ticket uh, carries uh, over on 93.7 FM, carries the Trojans high school football and basketball games. And so if you are a fan of Lake City Athletics and are interested in going to that Lions game and learning more about the uh the game that's going on after message the Pop Warner and Cheerleading Facebook page. That's the uh, the Lake City Pop Warner and Cheerleading Facebook page. Again, congratulations to them. All right, our next story, a uh, bit of a, a crazy one. A 77-year-old Sheboygan man went missing. Um, he was found by the Sheboygan County Sheriff's Office late on Monday night. The man was expected at Elk Hill Campground by 5 p.m., but never arrived the family was concerned as the man is hard of hearing, diabetic, and has dementia. So they had called the sheriff's office, who quickly created a rescue party. The man was located with the help of a canine unit a little after midnight, shaken up, but mostly unharmed. I've been out to Pigeon River a few times. Uh, I was a Boy Scout. Uh, very nice place, but yes, a lot larger than you think it is and easy to get lost, especially. I remember, actually, it was the same, yeah, it was the same event. I remember I was uh, probably a sophomore in high school and my older brother took my friends and I up to Wilderness Campground up in, uh, by the bridge roughly. And it was like in the wintertime as well. And that entire week, I don't get sick a lot. Um, and the only time I ever do get sick is with colds. And I had a really bad cold. It was probably strep, actually. I had a really high fever up until about the day before we left. And I was still sick the day that we left. I was feeling a little bit better. I still had, um, you know, a really sore throat. I was still pretty tired. But I had been looking forward to this trip um, with my friends and older brother for quite some time. A couple of months. So there was no way I was going to miss this unless I had felt you know, the way I'd felt like earlier that week, but I was kind of on the mend and I figured, you know, I'd be okay. Um, and largely was actually, um, that weekend, <laughs> just to remember though, tying it into this story, there's a reason why I'm saying this. Um, it's so easy to get lost that, uh, we were walking around at like middle of the night one night and like we eventually, like we, we were, there was a road, um, that led to our campsite, like our cabin, and then um, only about, it only had to be about 400 yards off the road was the lake. But I remember that, like, we've had a hard time finding the road, walking back from the lake, even though all we had to do was head east. Um, so, I mean, and then we were, you know, we were young. Uh, we weren't 77. We didn't have, um, you know, dementia or anything of that nature. And, um so, yeah, it's really easy to get lost in the woods at night. I mean, we even had a couple of flashlights. Uh, we obviously weren't paying really close attention to where we were walking. But, so yeah, it's, you know, it's it's possible to uh, get lost if you're not 
<laughs> paying attention like we weren't. And hilariously, um, it wouldn't have been hilarious, but hilariously, um, one of those nights, though, I still um, I got a fever. I think it was the first night uh, at night because I just worn myself out. Uh, still, like, physically felt fine, but uh, we're in this cabin, and I'm sitting on the top bunk. You know, that's where my bed is, and I fall asleep, and, you know, I obviously had a fever, apparently. Um, I apparently fell out of my bunk onto the car, like the concrete. It's a six-foot bunk, so I just smashed into it, was still asleep. And I rem all of a sudden just remember waking up in front of my brother's bunk, uh, my older brother's bunk, and he's like, are you awake? Like, what's going on? Like, what what's wrong? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he explained to me later, and he's just like, he just said, I'll tell you tomorrow morning. I was like, okay. And so I just went back to sleep. Well, apparently... I had been trying to walk out of the cabin into the middle of winter with like almost no clothes on. Um, and my brother said, had I not like really aggressively tried opening the door, he probably wouldn't have woken up and I would just have wandered out into the wilderness because uh, I was sleepwalking, which I usually don't do, but it's apparently the state of my health. You know, my fever, I was about to sleepwalk into the middle of wilderness state park and I probably would have eventually woken up, you know, like, like, where am I? Um, probably wouldn't have made it too far without waking up either though. Cause I was, would have been really cold, but that is always a good story that gets told, uh, a lot in my family. But on that note, as you know, way more about me than you probably ever wanted to, we're going to call it. I'll see you next week on the WMKT week in review. I'm Nick Rudy, your host. Thanks for listening to Northern Michigan.